Good morning, church. Uh, it's always a joy to get up here and, and worship the one true king together. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. And so thankful for this opportunity. Uh, so thankful for, for us to be able to come together. Kingdom life. Welcome you here. We're so thankful for you. Philadelphia, so glad to have you here. Risen Church, uh, so excited to see what the Lord will do uh, come January and how the Lord's working in and through you. We are, we are here to worship the King and to be witnesses to Charlotte, to the ends of the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we celebrate him this morning. And so churches, we want to know, you to know that we're thankful for you. We're thankful for how God is working in and through your lives. You are children of the King. And we pray for your faithfulness, that the gospel goes forth and the name of Jesus worships among all people. That's our hope. And for King's Church, we've been working through the book of Mark. I'm just going to keep moving these stands here. We're working through the book of Mark. And we're in chapter 13 right now. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the pew in front of you. It's on page 798. I invite you to turn there. Uh, and Mark, we've been asking the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And Mark, is, he's writing to a Gentile audience, and he's exposing who is this Jesus Christ. And up to Mark 8, we've been seeing the miraculous works of Jesus Christ. His authority over creation, his authority over demons, his ability to heal. And it leads to this culmination, this proclamation of Jews, of Peter, one of the disciples. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the anointed one. Jesus, you are the one that we have been waiting for. And after that, Mark is now directing the attention towards Jesus' death and resurrection as Jesus heads towards Jerusalem. And upon his death and resurrection, it will lead to a proclamation of a Gentile. Surely this was the Son of God. And last week, Ian of Risen Church came and preached Mark 11 and 12. And it's a joyful moment. It's a moment that Jews have been waiting for, the coming king. God is coming into his temple Amongst his people. There's this great celebration as Jesus comes in to Jerusalem and enters the temple. A joyful moment of God amongst his people. And Jesus leaves and he comes back. But we see that the people's hearts are, are not set on worshiping Jesus. Uh, we see that there's a, a need that they're questioning the authority of Jesus. The religious leaders, rather than worshiping him and leading others to worship God who has come in his temple, they are questioning his authority. Jesus has spent time teaching in the temple, turning hearts towards God. And then we come to chapter 13, and he is going to be leaving the temple. And as he's leaving, a disciple is, is going to come up and say, look at these wonderful stones, these wonderful buildings. And Jesus gives a, a very stark reply of, do you see these buildings? Not one stone will be on top of another. The king has come to the temple. God himself is in the temple. The place where he's to be worshipped and is to be torn down. 
This is drawing questions of what's, what's going on here. And the disciples are going to ask, when, when are these things going to happen? And so today, as we ask the question, who is Jesus? We're going to see that he is a king who is going to return. He is a returning king. He is leaving, but he is coming back. And so our, our call today is I want us to be ready for the master's return. Let's be ready for the return of the king. Because a kingdom is, is coming. As we look in, in chapter 13, and as, as Jesus is, is going to share what's to happen, he's, he's giving a prophecy. He's prophesying of what's to come in the future. And I want you to know as we look at this text, there's going to be many brothers and sisters in Christ who, who interpret things differently here in this text. So I, I want us to know what our, our boundaries are, our safe boundaries are. One, we believe Jesus Christ is returning. He is coming back and he is king and he is Lord. There's no question about that. And two, we don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know the exact day or hour, but, but he is going to come. So let's, let's keep that in mind. And as you hear me process how I see a lot of prophecy in the Old Testament, and as we look at today, there's often a near fulfillment of prophecy. Right? It's, it's going to happen soon in the near time. But oftentimes it can also project and help us understand what's going to happen in the future. Right? I, I think of this. I've been in football terms lately. I think in my head, if you're watching film, right, as you watch and you study and you see how, how the game moves and flows, it's going to help you better understand the future of what plays are going to be called or how people interact. It's the same here in this passage. As we see how, how God has worked and how God has fulfilled prophecies, it continues to help us see how prophecy will continue to be fulfilled in, in the future. So I hope that helps provide us some, some guidelines here. Let us pray, and we'll dive in into the text. Father, thank you so much for your word that you make yourself known to us. Father, we are sinners and we do not deserve your love. There's nothing good in and of, in of us by ourselves, Father. But in your grace and mercy, you have come to a rebellious people, your enemies, and you have made them your children. We praise your name, Father. And I, I pray that this word today, that your spirit would fill me, that your spirit would fill our churches, Father, that we would live according to your word, that we would be people of faith in Jesus Christ and live in such a manner as, as we wait for his return. Father, we be glorified in our lives. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, Mark 13, verse 1. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? Right, so Jesus has, he's left the temple where he's worshipped. He's gone to the Mount of Olives. If he's at the top of the Mount of Olives, he's about 200 feet down. 
It's about 3,000 feet or so from the temple. It's a great view. So I was trying to think of what's our context here. Think of the Bank of America, the financial building, if you're familiar with that. If you're about on the 20 stores up, and then you're looking at the Bank of America Stadium, the Panther Stadium down there. That's roughly the distance. For my Clemson folk, this helps me. It's on the Clemson Dykes looking at the Memorial Stadium. That's, that's roughly the distance. And as he's looking at this temple, this place where, where God is to be worshipped, his disciples come and ask him this question. And before them, in, in that span, in, in front of them, in front of the temple, there's a valley, the Kidron Valley. And here it's, it's a graveyard. It's a burial ground. Death, death is very present before the eyes. It's also a valley where King David, when he had to flee because of his son, right? And David would later come back and reestablish the kingdom. It's also a place where Josiah, a king, would come and lead spiritual reform, burning idols and spreading the ash among the Kidron Isle, the Kidron Valley. Uh, we know that Jesus is going to be uh, a returning king. He's going to be bringing spiritual reform. And we know that death, death is before him. As, as this weight is on, we know that Jesus is going to be ushering in a new kingdom. Because of his death and resurrection, a new kingdom of God is coming. And it's a spiritual kingdom. It's not one that that people are expecting. It's not a physical kingdom. But he's going to come in and usher a spiritual kingdom, an eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. And so you can understand the confusion where Jesus is this one bringing in the kingdom, but yet the temple, the place of worship, is going to be destroyed. And so they ask him, when, when are these things going to happen? When are they going to be accomplished? And we see Jesus' response, his, his response is, see that no one leads you astray, right? Be ready. I hope you continue to hear this urgency. We're going to hear it throughout this, this sermon today. Be on your guard. Look and be prepared. Stay awake, right? Be, be ready. He tells them, fake Christ arise amid world turmoil. We see here in verse 5, and Jesus began to say to them, see that no one leads you astray, Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. He's, he's letting them know how it's about to start. So birth pains, if you've ever been around the process of, of giving birth, it's incredible. I remember uh, my, my wife, as, as she was getting birth, there's a, a great graph. I can't remember what it's called, but I could see the spikes. So I know when a, 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 con, a contraction's happening. And so I'm, I see the spike. I'm like, ooh, that looks painful, right? I can't really relate, but I'm trying to. But then as it continues to go on, the, the spikes continue to increase. And, and what used to be a spike is now just a little blip. It, it, doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean much. The pain doesn't seem as severe. So uh, as I see it, it continues to increase and goes longer. Right? So as we think uh, of these wars, this, this world turmoil that's going on, 
It's just the beginning of the birth pains. And he's preparing them. Be ready. They're going to continue to intensify. You can only expect them to continue to, to magnify. And in amidst the turmoil that, that's going on, you're going to hear these calls of these false Christs, right? these false ones that are proclaiming maybe salvation or anointed messengers that are going to come. And they're going to try to, to lead astray. But Christ is, he's not coming back in this time. It is, it is not him. Right? So church, we, we should expect the continuation. There's going to be these earthquakes, these famines, these wars that are continue to happen. Be ready. They're going to continue. And he continues on, not only be ready for the false Christs that, that come in the midst of this turmoil, but be ready for persecution. That's going to happen. As he continues on, but be on your guard in verse 9. For they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Be ready. Persecution does not excuse gospel proclamation. Persecution is coming. And he tells his disciples, you will be hated by all. And it's not because of them. It's not because of anything that they've done. It's their association with Jesus. It's because of the name of Jesus that they will be hated by all. Right? Persecuted, beaten in synagogues, handed over to trials. Right? It's, it's one thing to be persecuted by maybe those you barely know or, or friends, but then we even see your own family. Your own family turning you over unto death. Parents, children, brothers, handing you over, hated because of the name of Jesus Christ. That's a life that's, that's called for these disciples. It's tough. It's hard. This persecution's going to happen. But look at, at the glorious of this. You're going to be a witness. You are my witness. I've chosen you. You are my witness. I have a task, even in the midst of this persecution. You are to bear witness about me before rulers, before kings, those with influence. You are going to bear witness to them about Jesus Christ. And the beauty of this, too, the gospel goes to all nations. It's for all peoples. The glorious gospel. And what is this gospel of Jesus Christ? We saw it earlier in Mark as Jesus began his ministry. It's repent and believe. It's turn from your sins. Turn from a life of not honoring God. And then trust in the work of Jesus Christ. That on the cross as he gave his life, that he bore the punishment he did not deserve. The shame he did not deserve. A physical death. He's the only one, Jesus, 
who never disobeyed God. He doesn't deserve death, but yet he dies. And more than that, he bears the full wrath of the Father upon his shoulders. And then in three days later, he rises from the grave victorious over death, victorious over sin. And those that were enemies of God are called children of God. That's the good news of the gospel. A rebellious people can know the one true God, their creator, and can be as a child unto him for eternity. Knowing him, worshiping him in his love. That's much to be thankful for. Sinner, if you, if you do not know Jesus Christ, if you've not repented and believed or turned from your sins, I ask you to do that today. Turn, turn from your sins. Trust in the work of Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Submit to him as Lord and King of life. And he will forgive all of your sins, all of your debts. Your shame will be taken away before a true and holy God. Uh, I invite you to do that today. But also you see here, it's not an easy life that you're being called to. It's one of persecution. It's one of being hated by this world. So you got a decision to make. Am I to be an enemy of God or am I to be an enemy of this world? For me, I know where I'm hitching my wagon. Right? I want to be with God. <laughs> I want to know him and be his child and worship him. I invite you to do that today. And church, know that just because there's persecution... It doesn't excuse, it doesn't prevent, it doesn't inhibit gospel proclamation. We're called to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And I know we don't feel that a whole lot here in America. There's some, some relative comfort. It's, it's, there's freedom of being a believer. I'm not saying, I'm sure there are some of you for sure that have been persecuted. So I don't want to discredit that. I just know it's not as common here. But I want to, I want to share a request uh, of a brother who, who lives in an area where persecution exists. So here's a prayer request that he sent out this week. He says, hello, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. We were sharing the gospel today, shared with seven people. But as we were talking to some guys, one of them didn't like the talk, and they called, uh, they called this people that persecutes them, persecutes Christians. Earlier, we had given some books, so, so my phone number was on them, so they took the number, and now they're calling and saying absurd words and threatening. Uh, the place where I live uh, in this area, the counselor is, is called and knows my, my house owner. Please pray that my house owner mind not being manipulated by these people, that his mind's not manipulated by them. Honestly, I don't want to lose this house, and, and please pray for the ministry in this area, in this city, to grow. And we can grow in boldness to proclaim the gospel. Thanks. It's his prayer. He doesn't want to lose this home that he's in so he can continue to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ in this city. Um, who knows what end this persecution could be, but I want to take a moment and just pray, pray for this brother and, and our brothers in this city and sisters in this city. Father, so thankful for... Our, our brother here who is out proclaiming the news of Jesus Christ. He is faithful to serve you in the midst of persecution. 
And Father, it's not a, a concern for his life, but a concern that your work continues to go forth in the city, that the gospel would go forth. So I, I pray for this brother. I pray uh, for, for housing and the opportunity to, to be in the city and proclaim the good news. Father, I pray that you would save you would continue to save these people, some that may have never heard the name of Jesus before. Strengthen our brothers, encourage them. And Father, we are thankful for the example that they are to us here. And may you be glorified all over the earth. And it's in your son's name I pray, amen. All right, per persecution comes. And in the midst of persecution, we're going to see it's going to continue. It's going to get stronger. There's going to be a time of tribulation that's about to rise. And we see this coming in verse 14. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down, not enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak and alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And if anyone then says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is. Do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on your guard. I have told you all things beforehand. Again, be ready. You see, again, false Christs arise amid the abomination that Jesus calls to flee. There are going to be false crises, ones claiming of, of salvation when, when it is not there. Jesus is saying, call, call to flee. So what is this abomination of desolation? So this uh, abomination is, is some kind of sacrilege that's going to happen, that's going to lead to a, a desolation of, of the area. So this is language that Jesus is using. It's coming out of, of Daniel, right? And this is Daniel 9 uh, that we see an abomination of desolation that's going to come. And, and many believe that in Daniel of what we see, uh, that being fulfilled, that prophecy, in one, it's around 167, 168 B.C., right? So this is before Jesus has come, and there was a Greek ruler that had come and, and conquered and was in the temple, and in the temple over the, the altar of, uh, of burnt offerings, right? This is sacrifices unto God for atonement of sins. This, this Greek ruler built an altar to Zeus, an idol, and sacrifice there a pig, an unclean animal in, in, in the temple area. So many, there are some that believe that this was the uh, fulfillment uh, of that, of what we see in Daniel. So Jesus bringing this up again, uh, you're going to see people vary on this, but we, we see in the mid-60s, uh, mid-60 AD, there's a, a Jewish revolt that happens uh, among the zealots. And, and the zealots, there is a very strong connection of only God should rule Jerusalem, the, the city of Jerusalem. So a very strong tie to, to rule and the authority of Jesus 
the political nature in, in their city. And, and so the zealots, they were, they were very zealous <laughs> in, in what they believed and called the other Jews to, to follow in line. And even if they didn't follow in line, you know, there was persecution amongst their own people as well. And so in this time, there was a, a priest that, that took place, and in the midst of the temple, there's murderers and one who is not leading people to worship God. So some think, is, is this the abomination? Maybe. But then we also see, because of a revolt led by the zealots in AD 66, Rome is going to come in AD 70. And they are going to go over the walls of Jerusalem. They're going to go into the Temple of the Mount. And the son of the emperor at the time, his name is Titus, he's going to pillage and, and attack the city. Not much mercy at all. They take everything out of the temple and, and celebrating their, their victory uh, over this, this temple. And later they will build uh, a temple to Jupiter, one of the idols of, of Rome. And Jupiter is very similar to Zeus between the Greek and Romans. So that's what some believe is as well in this, in this time. So you see this abomination of desolation. So as this is coming, you see Jesus' call us to flee. The command here, flee, don't look back, go. And there are going to be some that say, no, like salvation is here and they may perform signs and wonders, but the, the Christ is not here. And Jesus is preparing them. I, I have told you all these things. Be ready for this great tribulation that's going to come. And he continues on. So it kind of leads, when we've seen these false Christs, when, when is Christ going to return? What, what's what's going to happen here? The temple's going to be destroyed. What does it look like for Jesus' kingdom to come? And I see that's what we start to see here. And we look at verse 24. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth. Be ready, because judgment is coming. And there is a coming kingdom as well. But in, in those days after that tribulation, I think it's vague here for a reason. Right, it's some day after the tribulation, and you see this, this cosmic language of sun being darkened, moon not giving its light, stars falling from heaven. This is language that we also see in Isaiah. You see it's glimpses of it, Isaiah 13, 14, and Isaiah 34 as well. And, and these, when you see this language being used, it's, it's a sense of God is bringing a judgment that is coming upon a nation, upon a governing power. So here we see, after the tribulation, there is going to be a judgment that comes. And we see this language, they will see a son of man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. They'll send out the angels to gather elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth. Again, this son of man coming in the clouds, he's going back using language from Daniel. You can see this in, in Daniel 7. As Jesus, it's, it's one like a son of man, a son of man coming before the ancient of days and clouds and glory. And in Daniel 7, what we're seeing here is the kingdom of God 
is coming. The kingdom of, of God, the kingdom is being handed to the Son of Man. Right? So after the tribulation, there's going to be a judgment and there's going to be this coming kingdom as well. And, and we see here the, the elect that have been scattered. They're over the, the, field, or over the face of the earth. Right? They're going to be united. Jesus is going to bring them in. There's a, a kingdom of God that they're coming into from all over. And be ready. And then when, again, giving an element of when this, when is this going to happen? The, a time frame, right? I think, I think as we just read, we see, we see partial fulfillment. I think we see partial fulfillment. The answer to the disciples' question, like when is the temple going to be destroyed? I think we see that fulfilled. But I think this is also setting up the distant future of what's, what's to come. When is Jesus returning? When is this kingdom coming back? I believe we see this in 28 on. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or the hour... No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what, I say, and what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. All right, so when these things are happening, there's not given an, an exact date. Rather, we see here a, a call to live in faith and faithful patience and faithful waiting for it to happen. And we'll see, we'll see, you could, should be able to see what's coming on, right? As the leaves change, you know that summer is coming of the fig tree. Summer is, is near so you will know the nearness of all this to happen. But given that exact hour, and this exact hour, we're looking for Jesus returns. Right in Acts, I believe it's Acts 2, we see uh, the angel saying, hey, why, as you looked up and you see, see Jesus go to the clouds, so, so he will return. We wait for his return. But we do not know when. So there's many that like to say, hey, the end of the world is coming on this date. Right? Be, be prepared. It's coming. From the, from the word, we know that those are lies. That those are false prophets. Those are false Christ. Right? It's, here we see we're not going to know the exact hour of when Jesus is going to return. Right? But we're called to live and serve a God and, and be ready, right? Be ready. The master returns at an hour that is near, but is in an hour that is unknown. So be on God. Serve, serve God faithfully. Stay awake. Don't be caught sleeping, <laughs> right? It's, it's coming. 
So church, as he's, he's talking to the disciples, just to kind of wrap this all up of what, what's going on, he's answering their question of when, when is this temple of destruction going to happen? When is this kind of upheaval that's going to go on? And he gives them a warning. And I think this is fulfilled in their generation. When the temple is destroyed, it's fulfilled. But he's also preparing them, saying there are false Christs that are going to come in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this persecution, in the midst of the turmoil of the world. But that is not me. When, I, when, when Christ returns, it will be after the tribulation. And we will, we will know that his time is coming. And when he comes, it'll be like a thief in the night. It'll come, it'll come quickly. So may we be a people that is staying awake. May we be a people that is ready to welcome our king back and worshiping him with joy. All right, I'm gonna invite the band to, to come on back up. And here's some things just, as the master is returning, as the king is returning, church, what should we do? Expect world turmoil. We should expect this to happen. It should not surprise us. Uh, we should not be anxious about it, but expect it to happen. We should expect persecution, right? It's because of Jesus' name. It's for his sake. And Jesus said, whoever loves me, who dies for my sake, he will be saved. All right, expect persecution, but know that you will be saved. And even in the midst of this persecution, we saw the Holy Spirit will be with you to give you the words in, in your trials. Just the joy of that. Man, the disciples are going to have God with them. The Holy Spirit's going to indwell in them. And they're going to know what to say in, in the times of trials, in the midst of persecution. Expect an abomination, a sacrilege, one standing where they not ought to be. Right? Expect... And, and tribulation to follow. Expect false Christs that will come and try to lead people astray. Be ready. Do not follow or pursue these things. And then church, your tasks. Go and proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. You are his witness to all peoples. Do so faithfully, resting in the peace of the Holy Spirit, speaking through you. And know and rejoice that Christ will return. He will gather gather us up. His kingdom will come in. We are called to serve a good king all of our days. He loves us so much, and we have much to be thankful for. Let us pray and continue to worship in song. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that Christ is coming again. The king will return. There's an eternal kingdom established, Father. We long for Christ's return. Father, we long to be free of sin, to stand before your glory all of our days worshiping you. And we do so now. Father, may we be faithful to serve you all our days. Father, stir our hearts and may we stir one another. Father, to seek and honor you with our lives because we know Christ is returning. Our lives have been purchased by the blood of Christ and we live to honor you, not to honor ourselves. We're so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. And you are a God of love who has not left his people to bear the shame and, and your wrath. 
that you've poured it out on Christ that we may be called your children. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.